Chapter Eight of Making Fate by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight: The Young Man Has Come. So you have on your sister's sack," he said as Glyde turned presently from the mirror and, daintily gloved, announced herself quite ready. Her face flushed crimson under his question and his critical survey. "Oh, Uncle Anthony," she said pitifully how did you know why the transom was open you remember and i heard things unlawful for a guest to hear never mind you did not say anything that i shall not forgive how does the sack fit perfectly estelle and i have the same figure though i am a trifle taller than she doesn't it look well on me i don't see anything to find fault with what does estelle wear in the meantime that is what troubles me a little, or would if I were not so selfish that I cannot remember to be troubled about anything just now. She wears mine, I suppose, and she doesn't like it. Mine is really rather shabby, and I am truly ashamed of having taken hers without asking for it. What do you propose to wear when you get home? Oh, I can wear the old sack there well enough, but it was too shabby for New York. I don't go out a great deal. You know I am the third one, and that does make a difference. I am afraid you do not like the sack after all. Don't I look all right in it? With a little anxious survey of herself as she noticed the shade of gravity on her uncle's face. You look remarkably well, I should say. How does it happen that there is such a striking difference between her winter rig and yours? why it was her turn this winter we have to take turn about there are so many of us you know and father is sick i don't mind being the youngest of course it doesn't make so much difference i see but estelle is not the oldest of you girls no slowly and with a little perplexity of tone and manner fanny is the oldest but then estelle is she stopped to laugh and went on merrily she is the unfortunate one perhaps her clothes are always growing shabby before fanny's and mine she dashes about a good deal and is harder on her clothes perhaps you don't know what a difference there is in girls in that respect but mother realizes it i am sure poor mother is kept busy day and night trying to plan for us all i think estelle cares more about things than fanny does perhaps she seemed trying to explain satisfactorily to herself the evident difference which had to be made between the two elder sisters. Her uncle followed her downstairs with the shade of gravity still on his face. He was thinking of the burdened life of his favorite sister. Somehow he had learned more about the circumstances of the family in his few short conversations with Glyde than all his trips over the country with Estelle had evolved estelle had seemed to be absorbed with herself she belongs to another world he said once more thinking of glyde to the world of prayer meetings and all the things which match they went out among the moving throngs on the street they took the l road which was a never-failing source of pleasure to glyde she liked to whirl along over the tops of tall buildings and watch for the new and curious sights which such elevations afforded her 
they left the car at forty-second street and walked briskly down several blocks reaching at last a massive stone pile whose spire pointed heavenward several people were passing into the building by a side entrance and they followed reaching presently an audience room larger and finer than glyde had ever seen before the great doors seemed to be hung in air so silently without visible help did they appear to open and close the carpet gave back no answering sound to any footfalls the lights which flooded the room came from hundreds of lily bells which drooped their graceful heads for that purpose an upright piano occupied a central position near the desk and at the left was a handsome pipe organ which was giving forth sounds of exquisite harmony as they moved down the aisle the seats were perhaps half filled with men and women chiefly women no ushers were in attendance and glyde and her uncle helped themselves to seats as seemed to be the fashion of the place a hymn-book lay unused near them and glyde essayed to find the hymn which was being sung but failed it apparently occurred to no one to assist her following the hymn the pastor called upon some one to pray and a prayer followed remarkable to glyde for two things long and involved sentences and large words it also grew to be remarkable for its continuance she thought the petitioner must be deeply interested in every nation and question under the sun for he seemed to her to omit nothing in all the wide range of human interest save the people who were present with him in the place of prayer poor glyde assured herself that it was undoubtedly a beautiful prayer and she was deeply mortified because she could not keep her thoughts in line with it despite every effort to the contrary they would go back to the groups of people she had watched that day and to her uncle anthony's remark concerning them was new york different from other places or could the world be almost divided into two classes of people those who did what they ought not and those who could not do as they would with only a very few sprinkled in between who made life a success this girl of nineteen wanted all lives to be successful she not only mourned but felt a restless sense of injury in the thought that it was not so why had fate arranged that such a multitude of people should be disappointed she said fate from motives of respect and felt that she was reverent in doing so she would not have called god in question but that mysterious creature named fate she was willing to arraign she wondered if uncle anthony liked to talk about such matters and what shrewd remarks he would make concerning them and then she brought herself back sharply to the thought of prayer to find that it was at last concluded there followed what uncle anthony called an address from the man who was presumably the pastor he read a few verses from the bible but the address did not immediately follow the reading and the two seemed to have no connection he had much to say about medieval europe which topic it must be confessed had no interest whatever for glyde she was bitterly disappointed and during the progress of the address could not keep her eyes from turning in the direction of the great clock which ticked solemnly from a conspicuous pedestal once she caught her uncle's eye but it was so full of fun that she was afraid to look in his direction again lest she might laugh 
on the whole glyde's first prayer meeting in new york could not in any sense of the word be called a success she tried to join in her uncle's bits of merriment at her expense but at her heart was a sore troubled feeling she was a young christian and her experiences thus far had not been rose-coloured was it strange that the watchful enemy especially of all young creatures contrived to smuggle in the questionings as to whether the high hopes she had indulged about this new life when she began it were a delusion did it mean a mere commonplace plodding along the road prayer meetings from a sense of duty with no joy in them and nothing outward anywhere which was calculated to win others men like her uncle for instance glyde admitted to herself that the girls seemed to be satisfied with such a state of things or rather they seemed to her to think nothing about religious matters save at stated times but she had confessed to uncle anthony that she was not like her sisters and she felt that in this as in other matters it was true after the prayer meeting they went sightseeing uncle anthony knew just where to lead his novice to make her eyes open wide with wonder and her whole face sparkle with delight but he brought the shadows to it again by saying as he kissed her good night well if the first part of our evening was a dismal failure the last half was a brilliant success in the great law office of messrs peel and mcmasters business was pushing as usual shorthand reporters were clicking their typewriters at their utmost speed transcribing their notes of the previous night and the quieter but no less busy clerks who wrote with pens were at their desks giving undivided attention to business the only unoccupied person in the room was a young man with alert face and keen eyes who was evidently taking in the possibilities of the place with a view to or hope of the possible future in the private office the senior partner of the firm and one of his confidential assistants were in close conversation when a knock at the door interrupted them the young man has come sir said the intruder hurriedly speaking as one who knew he must save all the time possible you gave orders you remember that you were to be told when he arrived here is his card and a letter of introduction from what young man interrupted the chief oh i remember we telegraphed him it was unfortunate too now that this unexpected matter has come up in the trial we have no time for minor business affairs of any sort but it cannot well be helped now i suppose and we are certainly in need of more help in the office how does he appear mr albertson does he want to stay now or has he only come to survey the land let him work if you can on approval tell him i will see him later to-morrow if possible or the next day if he is good for anything he can work a few days on suspense close the door now and don't let us be interrupted again thus summarily were the young man's interests disposed of and he had waited for months and planned for weeks with regard to this hour as he waited now outside in that busy office his heart throbbed unnaturally in alternate throes of hope and fear it meant so much to him this opportunity mr albertson tiptoed back 
the habit of his life was not to disturb the workers in that office he carried on an undertone conversation with the stranger a short one he had learned not to waste words mr peel cannot see you to-day he is very sorry mr mcmasters is out of town called out unexpectedly however that will make no difference if you want to go to work we are in need of help and my orders are to set you at work if you are willing on approval you understand of course we cannot say that it will last for twenty-four hours oh i am quite ready to go to work on those terms the stranger said quickly i am ready now he looked about apparently for a place to set down his hat and seemed eager to commence at once mr albertson allowed himself to smile it is true he had seen eagerness for work before and was often sceptical as to the length of time it would last but something about this young man attracted him and the eagerness lasted all that day and the next the stranger wrote steadily on whatever was given him to do mr peel still continuing too busy to talk with him a novice he was of course needing much direction and continual oversight but before the first day was over mr albertson knew that he approved of the young man you will have more chances for study of course if you remain with us he remarked kindly at the close of the first day things are more than usually rushed with us just now on account of unexpected developments in the great lawsuit for which they are getting ready but in ordinary times mr peel will often give you a few minutes and mr mcmasters is very kind and helpful to students while you are waiting for them if there is anything i can show you about books or in any line just call upon me this was a great deal for mr albertson to say if the stranger had but known it it evidenced an unusual liking for him on the part of this silent man who was yet a power in the workroom during a moment of leisure on the following day it occurred to mr albertson to question where the new man was stopping and if he cared to look up a boarding-place or would prefer to wait until his affairs were more settled upon being informed that the young man was stopping with his uncle and could continue to do so in the event of a permanent engagement mr albertson liked him better than ever lawyers clerks who were living in boarding-houses among strangers were so liable to get into scrapes it happened that before that second day had quite closed mr albertson had occasion to spend nearly five minutes in the same room with his chief he watched for an opportunity when that busy man seemed to be stopping for a moment of rest and rushed in his sentence the new young man takes hold well sir we haven't had a student in five years who has seemed so thoroughly in earnest he gives his attention so fully to the business in hand that he makes few mistakes fewer than some who have been with us for months ah is that so came from mr peel in an absent-minded tone yes sir and between times he studies with all his might knows how to study too i should say glad to hear it said mr peel i hope he will make a success of it i knew his father years ago and shall be willing to give the son a lift but of course we must go slowly in such a matter don't give him any encouragement as to permanency albertson 
remember we can afford to have only a certain class of students about us to-morrow or the next day i may be able to have a talk with him to-morrow passed without the opportunity being found it was toward the closing hours on the fourth day of the new student's appearance that another young man entered the office that young man was ralph bramlett to account for this extremely tardy arrival it will be necessary to go back to the morning on which he first heard of the opportunity and its probable loss he expressed himself freely on the subject and his sister hannah who was not given to sparing words was equally outspoken what do you suppose we could do about it two women here alone if you hadn't stayed away from home all night like a silly boy you would have been here in time to have attended to your own business this was too true to be palatable but it was also too true to contradict ralph was moody and miserable during what was left of the morning and by afternoon his father not having yet returned he announced his intention of driving to a town some twelve miles distant to see to some business which would have to be attended to before long in vain his mother protested the storm was increasing in violence it was not the day for a long drive into the country ralph had a slight cold now and this was exactly the weather calculated to increase it she did not believe that father would like to have the horses exposed unnecessarily to the storm there was no haste about that matter it could wait another week as well as not and there were dozens of things to be done which the rain need not hinder she might as well have spared her breath ralph was inexorable he would take that twelve miles drive and attend to that particular business on that very day we have had enough of delays already he said savagely and he looked at his mother and sister as though he considered them to blame for all the annoyances which had resulted from the last one End of chapter eight